wonder if, if fista means something in Australian slang. <laughs> fista, I barely know her. There's the title. Hello, and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101, the premier podcast that always leaves you satisfied. Today on the show is myself, you can call me Rocker, as well as, you can't call me this, but joining me is Big L, and Koosh Moose. Have fun storming the castle. I don't get that reference. <laughs> Moving right along into things. Um, actually, no. Let's not move right along. I just want... I haven't talked to you guys in a while. Like in 20 hours. Are we getting real? Just a little bit. Talk we haven't us, like we've getting real in a while. Let's get real. How, how, have, how, have, how have your lives been? Been good? Yeah. Anything different about you? Same old, same There's old. a lot more of me. <laughs> in a week? That's that's some serious in gains. In 20 hours. <laughs> oh, 20 hours? <laughs> yes. Some serious gains. More to love. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. Amanda hug and kiss. All right. Well, I just want to see what's new with you. Not, nothing's new with me. So, uh, oh, whoa, whoa. Failed segment, failed segment. What? Well, I guess we could ask Corey. Corey, is there anything new with you in, I don't know, the past 20 hours? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Oh. <laughs> um, no, not really. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> oh. You're leading been, the witness. Been, been learning video editing. That's about it. Uh, you should see that soon over on YouTube.com slash Achievement Hunting 101, I think. We'll see. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But anyways, on to the game showcase. This is the part of the show where we showcase a few games from our week and let you know all about them. Koosh Moose, let's start with you, buddy. Tell me about Bad North. Bad North is so much better than North. Let me just tell you. How is that possible? Oh, yeah. So this game is going away. It'll be gone in two days from Game Pass. So if you're hearing this, you've already (laughs) missed it. (laughs) And I said uh, a couple weeks ago that I was going to work on this. um, And I have put a little bit of time on it when I wasn't working on Mad Max and trying to get all that stuff sorted. Um, But back to Bad North. This is a section about Bad North. Um, And Bad North, you play, um, it's kind of a squad-based game. And it's uh, it's very tactical, but not scary tactical. So when I when I think tactical, I think, uh, oh man, okay, I have to plan this. I think risk. I don't really like risk. Um, what? So this is more action oriented. You have uh, squads, and you can only move them as squads. They can be melee. They can be pikes. They can be arrows um, or archers, as most people call them. Um, and you can position them on multiple spots on this, uh, rotatable map. Your goal is to protect houses that are on these little maps from invaders. And these invaders are coming to these islands that you're on. It's very, like I said, it's a small island that you're turning around. Sometimes they're large, sometimes they're very small, 
Um, but they're, they're not huge. You can, you can see them very quickly. You don't have to like pan the camera or anything. All you're doing is rotating the camera. Um, and attackers can be of any, you know, different type. They can be archers as well. They can be barbarians. And so there's, there's different paper, rock, scissors mechanics on, okay, which unit is good at defending against this unit. Um, and you're basically just trying to make it through this campaign. So once you clear an island, um, you then can choose which island to move to next. Some of the islands contain items, and if you defend the island correctly, uh, you get that item and you get to use it and assign it to one of your troops. I don't believe you can take it off of that troop, so it's going to be on that troop for the entirety of the campaign. Uh, some of the maps will have flags on them, and if you go to a map that has a flag, you pick up a new unit. When you get that unit, I believe they are um, infantry, but they're not like um they're not a leveled infantry, so they're very basic, just swords and shields, and they're not very good. Um, so you can't really rely on them to help you out too much, but they can do some, they can do something. But they're not going to be specialized like you know, really advanced archers or anything like that. As you progress through and you defend buildings, you get coins for every building that survives. You can then use those coins to upgrade your troops. Um, to make them better, uh, you know, if you haven't already picked what specialty they're going to be, you can pick that specialty. I think you can upgrade those specialties two times. You can also add special moves, like archers can do a hail of arrows. So you can basically say, okay, we're going to shoot that ground there with arrows, and then you can basically time it so that if a whole bunch of groups come into that area, you'll you'll pepper them uh, and hopefully kill a whole bunch of the, the units that are in there. Now, the achievements, they're not quick. There's only uh, 11, and I currently have four. Um, so I've got a lot of work to do in the next two days. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get all of it done because there is kind of a grind for killing 15,000 Vikings, and there's a trick for this. It, every now and then, everything is randomly generated, but every now and then you'll get a map where you are going up against units that aren't ranged, and they have to go up um, like a narrow staircase. If you can get a map like that and you can then pick uh, your pikemen, you can basically just put your pikemen at the top of the stairs and they'll kill everything. And if you, if it's far enough into the campaign, there'll be a lot of units. So you can basically farm kills later in the game. Uh, when you run across one of these maps, you kind of want to stop your progress and grind away towards that. Um, the game is fun. I like it. It's not, you know, there's not a whole lot of thinking that goes on. And when you go to move your units, it kind of slows down time to kind of like a bullet time. So if you don't act, yes, the units keep advancing and they keep uh, trying to attack you. But um, it does give you a little bit of time to say, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a fun game. It's it's way better than North and no relation, but <laughs> yeah, I'm having a good time with it. And I, like I said, I don't think I'm going to get it done and, at the price at fifteen dollars, I don't I don't know that I'm going to pay fifteen dollars to play this later uh, if I don't clean it up. So hopefully it'll go on sale if I can't get to it in the next two days. You can get it for three dollars so, off, Kush. Uh, what was that? Oh, you can get twenty uh, percent off, right? Three dollars off. Oh, yeah. Buy it now. Get a little bit off. Yeah, and I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at genres. I see roguelite. I see strategy, and I see real time. I think I'm allergic to this game already, man. <laughs> Well, the strategy, the strategy is very thin, so it's it's not going to be, you know, basically you can say the strategy is paper, rock, scissors. 
this unit is good against this unit. And um, let's say you're going up against archers. Uh, you can train them. Uh, you can shoot them from far away with your archers, but then you can kind of train them towards you and then have your infantry get in front and they'll block all the arrows. So there's a little bit of strategy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be you know too scared of that genre label. What's the roguelite piece about? It's just that it's random. Every level is random. And you do get a permanent progression, I believe. So, uh, so if you, there's, there's difficulty runs you can do, you can do an easy run. And uh, that basically allows you to restart. So if you fail a map, you can restart it. No big okay. deal. Um, as you go through, you pick up those commanders. You pick up those uh, special items. I believe those special items now you start with. Um, I think that's true. I haven't gone through and, and tried my, my difficult run yet. Um, and I think you can just basically start and, and append those to your, uh, to your groups. I could be completely wrong on that, and the hard might actually be harder than I think it is. Uh, and then the hard it won't have that restart ability, uh, and the achievement that's based off of that difficulty is um, completing the campaign on hard, recruiting all of the commanders, so that means not skipping an island that has one of those flags, and you keep them all alive. Um, you can dashboard if you're going to lose, uh, and then you don't, that, you don't. You don't have to restart from the very beginning. You just restart from the last... Uh, fight basically how many hours have you put into the game i have put because i noticed you haven't completed the campaign at all no i have not completed the campaign i'm about two or three hours into it um and i basically play it late at night so it's hard it's hard to keep track of time uh at that time of day at the most four hours uh because i've played it on i think two or three nights do you think that you'll at least complete the campaign once yes. on normal difficulty? Yes. Yeah. I think we're going to go through um, to complete that campaign. If I can find a good map, that's kind of my plan is I'm almost, I've almost killed a thousand Vikings just through natural play. I'm probably about 70% through. Um, so I will at least go in this playthrough to get the thousand Vikings while trying to get the, um, you know, winning an island in the snow and winning an island at nighttime and also fully upgrading one of my commanders. So I, four, I know I'm going to get. Um, at, at that point, I'm going to have to make a hard call on whether or not I'm going to try the hard run and try to get, you know, like two for one uh, by trying to get that completed. Yeah, definitely some good TA on the uh, the hard run and the 15,000 that you mentioned. Both over, well, one's over five, one is over six. Uh, 1,600 TA alone in those two achievements. Yeah, just because that last one's so grindy, the 15,000 Vikings. Um, because you can't, I don't think you're guaranteed to get that same map again. Um, if you if you stop and you come back in, you, you might be able to get that same map again. Uh, and if that's the case, then you could just pause your campaign play at that point and just grind that one out. All right. Well, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> I uh, I wonder if this will make it into your ninety percent club before you have to buy it or not. Yeah, there's Doubt. a good chance of that. <laughs> Well, one thing, uh, one game that I won't have to buy is uh, Troll Hunters, Defenders of Arcadia. Whoa, so this whoa, is, uh, leave me alone. This is this is my big game of the week. It, uh, it came out uh, four days ago. Yeah, four days ago as of the time that we're recording. So it came out last Friday, the 25th of September. Um, I got it uh, a little bit before the, during the week for review. 
And I finally accomplished something that I've been trying to do since starting this podcast uh, because I will never be good enough to get a world's first completion post-launch. Uh, but I was able to get one uh, with a pre-release code. So uh, with this game, uh, I was the first to complete it on TA. Uh, that was pretty exciting for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was a decent enough game. It's it's made by Outright Games. It's published right by Outright Games. Uh, it's actually developed by Way Forward uh, Technologies, which does they, some really good Metroidvanias. Cool yeah, yeah. yeah, they actually have some pretty decent games. Uh, unfortunately this one, I don't think is in those top tiers, but it's, it's still, uh, it's still good for what it is. Like I said, it's published by outright games and they are known for publishing kids games. So under that umbrella is Paw Patrol, uh, ugly dolls, Crayola scoot, uh, race with Ryan, things like that. And so I, I took that and that's where I kind of, uh, judged it from, uh, because, it is a game aimed towards kids and fans of this television series, which is on Netflix that I have learned about troll hunters. Uh, apparently it's a trilogy. If you didn't know, uh, and this game, this game branches or some unifies the trilogy in some ways. Uh, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're basically traveling through time and space to save the world from a, a trickster troll. Um, but the game in itself is a two and a half D platformer. And what I like to think of it as, is all week I've been thinking, making this comparison. You take Paw Patrol, which is a two and a half D platformer, uh, and it's a simple left to right collect and collect bones as you go. There's no enemies, uh, and there's very basic tasks to get you through the end of the level and then through the game. This is like the next step from Paw Patrol for for a kid, uh, and so you're doing the same thing. You're going left to right, but then they add in obstacles. They add in combat with enemies. Uh, and then they add the the stuff that you're collecting is a currency, uh, whether it's these little sparks in the way or dirty socks or even these gnomes, uh, which those are only good for like mini games and whatnot. Uh, but adding the combat to the level system is a, a little different. Uh, being able to upgrade armor and buy items is kind of the next step up, but they're very basic. I didn't even I only bought one item the whole game, and that was just to satisfy an achievement. Um, I, I didn't have to use them. Uh, despite playing on the hard difficulty uh, the very first time, uh, it, it just wasn't that hard. If you happen to die, you could spend your currency to continue right where you left off. Uh, or if you didn't want to spend your money, you would just start back at the beginning of that level. And that was that held true for bosses too. So it actually made it super simple and trivial to uh, to complete the game. But like I said, it's a kid's game. So there was that. And then the other part about it that kind of takes it up to the next level is you unlock friends throughout the campaign and then the friends help you overcome obstacles or get to secret areas um and so like you might have to cross a very wide gap and you'll have to use these magic people's surfboard that pops up or you might have a stack of blocks you can't get past and your other friend breaks them things like that um but yeah it's your typical uh platforming has a boss at the end of each world you do that about five or six times, and that's the game. Is it colorful? It's uh, well, you know, some parts of it are very colorful. Uh, other parts are actually not very colorful because you're like in caves and and stuff, so it's very dark. Actually, really, the box art if is you, very colorful. 
if you miss yeah. socks, uh, mm-hmm. is, does it let you know? Like those sorts <laughs> of things, like the collectibles. Can you tell where you've missed a sock? Yes, and, and that is important because I did mention socks and gnomes. You do have to collect every single one of those in the game for an achievement uh, for each of them. And each level, I think, had four or five socks, and each level had three trolls. And you have a little counter at the end of each level to say, to tell you what you missed. Uh, Number-wise, it doesn't tell you, like, you missed the second one out of four. It just You just missed one. Um so there was there was a couple levels I did have to replay. One of them I had to play replay three times. I could not find this dang sock. It really sucked, um, especially when I was trying to you know be the first completion. Uh, but yes, they that you you do you are able to see by level what you missed, and you are able to go back to them. So you don't have to do everything in one run, uh, which is nice. One thing that. Uh, it doesn't do is there is an achievement for completing the game on normal and for completing the game on hard. If you do hard mode, you will have to do normal mode. So oh. what I did was I did everything in hard mode first, not knowing that. And then I kind of did a speed run through normal mode. I, I didn't care about collecting anything or even upgrading anything because like I said, it's very low penalization for dying uh, so I just I think I speed speed ran that game in like two hours uh, on normal mode. Um, that was my that was my last achievement actually. Um, otherwise, you're gonna get pretty much every achievement in the game uh, on your first playthrough, uh, except for um, uh, this one that is related to a mini game, uh, and that one actually takes skill. Uh, I was very excited when I got it, and that mini game is simply. Uh, where you have a number of gnomes. Uh, you had to collect a certain amount to even play it. And then you take three gnomes and you have to hit these these moving targets on the screen. And the achievement happens to be for playing one of these mini games, but not missing a single time. And you have to do 10 of them. And uh, if you happen to complete that mini game and you, you did miss one because you do have three gnomes, it sends you to the next level of the minigame, so it kind of it changed it up on you. So that kind of uh, throws a wrench in the, the works. Uh, what I did to get a, around that was I think I got to like the fourth or fifth one, and I missed my ninth one, I think, the ninth bullseye. And so I intentionally uh, threw that one, so I, was, I didn't progress because I actually kind of had the rest of them memorized. Uh, and then I just did it like two more times, and I finally I finally got it, but... Yeah, uh, this game was not not bad overall. That was the uh, you gnome what to do achievement. Very punny. Uh, probably yeah. And there's one for sushi, serving up sushi. Is that another mini game? Um, go go. There's sushi. another mini game, but that one you just have to simply play it. Uh, it's like uh, it's like one of the old Mister Game and Watch things. You have to uh, go go left or right on the screen and catch falling sushi. Very simple. Uh, but yeah, I was I was stoked to get the first completion on it. Uh, since then, there's been six. Uh, it is a forty dollar game, so it's it's right in line with the rest of these games that this publisher has. Um, it, it will likely go on sale, uh, probably fairly often for half off. And I would I would recommend it then, maybe if you can you know catch it on that deal. Forty dollars is actually pretty hard for me to recommend anything at that price when it's like maybe a six hour, you know, six hours of your time. Uh, but it, it does a, no, an okay job. 
Um, I did t- I did peep the the Netflix show. The Netflix show actually looks really good. Uh, this one could step it up in graphics, but uh, otherwise it's it is what it is. Very simple two D platforming. Yeah. Yeah, I was excited about this because <clears throat> my daughter has has watched a little bit of all the shows. She really likes the uh, uh, Acheridian Five one, so the space one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she really likes the space one, and I guess the latest one, the Wizards one, she watched a little bit of, but not so much the uh, Troll Hunter one. Uh, yeah, I actually was trying to like like watch those, and I was like, I'm gonna watch them in order, and like I picked the Troll Hunter one because it was the first one. Mm-hmm. And there was just so many episodes. I was like overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to start this. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty cool that it, it branched all of those different things. Like you said, wizards and space and trolls. And it pulls it all together. It's by like, what's his name? I can't even. Something de Toro. Yeah. That director. Benicio. No, I don't think that's it. It starts with a G. Guillermo. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, uh, wait for a sale uh, and probably play it with uh, some older kids or yourself, and uh, you'll have an easy completion on your hands. Speaking of easy completions, L, what did you play this week? Oh, it's my turn. Inconceivable! You choking on over there? Water. Oh, water, water. Speaking of water. (laughs) <laughs> good segue good segue um i played the east asia soft game 112th seed so i originally started this game for leapfrog i played it on day five because i noticed that there are achievements for completing level one level two level three level four and level five and then the achievements get weird they go every other seven nine eleven thirteen fifteen and then 20 and 25 and 30 every five. So it's very weird. Very front-loaded. Why they did that, I have no idea, since most people who start this game are going to finish it anyway. Um, it's listed as a 0 to 1 hour on TA. Most people are probably going to use a guide for this. I did not. I actually did the whole thing by myself. Very proud of myself. Basically... It's a very simple puzzle game. You just have to move uh, some blocks around and throw some water droplets around and make some seeds go uh, get planted. And then you climb up the plant and you jump into the exit. And you do that 30 times and you have yourself a completion. Um, believe it or not, this game keeps going after the 30 levels. And I only did a level or two, but it looked like there was this weird, like, scientist. I don't know. They, they tried to put a story in there, but no one's going to play this for the story. I would recommend this game, actually. I would recommend trying it legit. Usually these type of games, you start off legit, and then maybe you consult a guide if you get stuck, and then you stick with the guide. But I found it easy enough. So without a guide, it probably took me, like, 60 to 90 minutes, and with the guide, it might take you a half hour. But overall, I, I streamed this game and I I know I made it into like the 20s mm-hmm. before getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just could I couldn't be fussed with trying to figure it out <laughs> any longer than it. I was I stayed on that level. And, yeah, I did result to a guide near the end. But do you remember? Otherwise, the game? it was very easy. 
Uh, it had something to do with like two plants next to each other that you had to grow. Um, oh yeah, they were very very close proximity proximity to each other. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. There's some ones later on. There, there was a couple that gave me some trouble, and then the next one would be easy. It was just a little weird like that. The difficulty was a little weird. But overall, I recommend this game if you're looking for a, a, a an easy game that won't make you say, "Ugh, this is terrible." You know, five dollars, like a lot of these are. And when you buy a game for five dollars, do you want to rush through it and just get the gamer score, or do you just maybe try it on your own? What do you mm, think, Nate? It's a rush. Okay, rush it, rush job. <laughs> well, I, I mean, oh. I think most five dollar games are like utility games. They're they're either streak savers, or they're uh, I'm buying it for the letter, for a contest, or something like that. Um, at least for me, um, five dollar games don't tend to be quality games. I understand. There what is you're a saying. certain expectation that I think that we you have to uphold it to um, based off based off of its price. Um, and yeah, five dollars is you get what you pay for, right? Unless it's Iron Snout, and unless it's Iron Snout. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have anything else to say about 112th Seed? I don't, but I I, I don't know what the title means. Do you? Were there uh, maybe there's 112 levels. <laughs> no, yeah, don't tell me that. <laughs> you only have to pay a, a play uh, a fourth of them. Yeah, so you know it's one of these games where I intended to keep going past and see if there's an ending, but I, I, I don't know. So I haven't uninstalled it yet. We'll see if I go back to it. Some poor developer uh, spent a lot of time thinking of those puzzles. Yeah, it's probably a good phone game. Also, it's probably yeah. If only we had cross buy on a on, on iOS. Ooh. Well, speaking of more five dollar games. Uh, what utility did this, uh, your next game bring to you, Nate? Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't for fun. Um, <laughs> I did not buy this game for fun. I bought this game to um, stay alive and maybe last uh, knock out two days of the uh, the Leapfrog Challenge. Uh, and it was good for that. Um, the game is called uh, Mecco Tales. It's $5. It's publisher and developer Arcade Distillery. Oh. That guy was yes. like a buck, right? Yeah, well, one, no, I think it was two okay. bucks when I bought it. It's five dollars okay. now. It was oh. on sale, I think, last week. Yeah, uh, or something like that. So, yeah, I didn't pay the full price. I, I paid like two dollars or two fifty or something like that. Um, if you if you look at this game and you look at the um, the collection that it's in, the the Luke Bernard collection, um, you'll notice a lot of similarity in the designs, and I think that a lot of the assets are reused between all of these games and kind of makes sense. Um, those games are kind of strategy uh, RPG, I believe. And um, it's not really uh, something I was interested in with the art style. Like, you know, sometimes art style will make me more interested in a genre that I'm not normally interested in. This one did nothing for me for those. So this was the only game in that collection that I was interested in. Because it basically looks like a Mega Man. Um, you have a character who has rotating set of powers that are earned at some point, uh, and you can use them to different effects on different bosses and different, um, you know, minion characters. Uh, so, like I said, it's a little bit like Mega Man. Uh, the level design is is kind of um, similar to that. In fact, there there are levels with the uh, the disappearing blocks, if you know what I'm talking about. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if you've played the original Mega Man, <laughs> I'm guessing, you know, I'm pretty sure they did it in sequels too. But there were a series of rooms where you had to memorize <sighs> the pattern of these blocks. Uh, and sometimes the pattern would overlap itself. So you'd go kind of like in a retrograde, uh, retrograde motion. You'd kind of like move to the right a little bit. And you couldn't keep moving all the way to the right. You had to go back to the left in order to then progress farther to the right. Uh, so you had to memorize where these blocks would be. Now, they did that in this game, and they didn't do it as well as Mega Man, but they did okay. And it was enough to um, to make me remember that. So, like I was saying, it's a it's a lot like Mega Man. If Mega Man costs two dollars and fifty cents, um, it's it's not great, but it was okay. Now, I I completed the game, and it wasn't that bad. Uh, the achievements were pretty simple, and, and for the most part, they were progression based. You know, beat this boss, beat that boss. Um, things for a hundred health pickups, a uh, thousand cogs. Cogs are currency, so you'll get that naturally. Um, destroying 500 enemies that actually popped pretty late in the game. Um, I think it might've popped after I beat the game. I don't know if that's true or not. No, it looks like it pops before I beat the last boss. Um, then you have to purchase all of the upgrades. You don't actually get them by beating the bosses. You have to, um, basically pay for them. Uh, and then let's see, what was the last thing I ended up having to do? Yeah, the last thing I did, I think was. Uh, buying all of the bots because you just have to yep. grind and get so much um, uh, currency and you just don't get it by going through the levels. So, or, you know, through a natural playthrough, you have to play more levels to get enough currency to do it. And that was actually the worst part because when I was done the game and I no longer, you know, um, had the the draw of oh if i just beat this boss i can you know i get an achievement and instead it's just like oh i just have to grind like these stupid coins like i just want to find the the flattest level with the fewest number of like instant deaths because if you die you basically start a level over there is no like checkpoint system um so <laughs> you just want the simplest level with no instant deaths um that also gives you a lot of coins because it's very hard to find a, a, an easy level with a lot of enemies that will give you a lot of coins that doesn't also have the, um, the penalty of an instant death when you're rushing through it. Right. Cause you don't want to spend any more time on this game than you have to. Um, so I just found myself rushing through the first couple levels, um, just trying to fly through them to be like, okay, is this my level? Is this my level? And I would just run into, um, I would fall off or I would bump into this spike that was in a stupid place. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. So I spent a good 10 minutes hunting for the, the perfect level. I think I settled on, I think it was a boss. <laughs> I, I ended up just fighting this one boss because it was very easy to get to. There were only like two screens before him. And then the boss pattern was pretty simple. So I ended up just killing that boss. I think it was the level two, two boss. Um, and I just ended up killing him like eight to 10 times and had enough uh, money to purchase everything. And then I deleted it from my hard drive. <laughs> I have a vague memory of this game. It will be one of those games that is less than a 1.1 ratio that I just will not play. Uh, I know I started it, but I did not even get far enough along to get an achievement on my tag. Uh, I remember dying and i think like you said you have to start all the way back at the beginning so that sucked did that like four or five times and uh i think i just turned it off and i did not like the way it looked either (laughs) 
it was not a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, this this for me was a utility game. Um, it says two to three hours. I think that's probably pretty close. I, I probably spent about that amount of time. Um, but really, I was just the very end. Like I said, I was going to get the coins, and I just spent so much time. It just felt like I was wasting time, and like shooting myself in the foot with like stupid deaths because I was trying to rush through it, just because I didn't want to play it anymore. Oh, right. Looks kind of fun. So uh, this is the only running gun game that this developer publisher has made. Are you going to play his other titles? I don't think so. Str- strategy turn-based <laughs> I stuff? I don't think so. I might is have that the other to- Mecho game? Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that is Mecho Wars. Uh, there's a War Theater. And then uh, the older game from 2018 is Plague Road. Yeah, I think War Theater and um, the other one, yeah, they're strategy turn-based. And I just, I was just looking at the menus and I was being reminded of of Mecho Tales. I just kind of, it's too soon. Like, I don't want to go back in and play that. So would I play them in the future? Possibly. Um, they're not very expensive. Uh, so they might be, you know, good utility games. And if you don't have that problem with, like, stupid deaths of bumping into spikes and having to memorize the, the disappearing blocks. Um, I mean, maybe it's better. Yeah. Another positive is that they're hall play anywhere. So, you know, cheap, uh, or, or, you know, lesser powered computers should have no problems playing these games. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't it does wrong. have that going for it. The first playthrough, I didn't mind as much because I was taking it slow and I wasn't trying to die. And it really was giving me that Mega Man vibe. Uh, but you know, not good, not a good Mega Man, but like an okay. Um, it was just when it was down to the to the grindy bits that I was just really kind of done with the game. It's not a game that you want to just fly through. You have to be careful, uh, or else you're going to restart those levels. I noticed something in the description. It says there's four player local multiplayer. Yeah, <laughs> there is four player local multiplayer. Is that the main game, or is that its own little mode? That I think is the main game. Wow, that sounds yeah. But I messy. don't have anyone that I don't want to have any. I don't have I'm anyone that I would want to put how it works because it doesn't look conducive well, to you, that. If you go to the hub and you look at the to um, check it out the screenshots, like the very second picture, you're fighting one of the tougher bosses, and uh, it's got four people on screen, and I don't know how that works. Sounds messy. Sounds intriguing yeah. though. Yeah, but the sprites are very big in this game, so having four people on the screen just seems like a huge mess to me. But uh, I would love to hear uh, how that works out for you. Because I remembered also that it's a Win 10 game, so I was like, oh, this sounds like a good Win 10. Whoa, four players. <laughs> that was my thought process. Yeah. yeah Maybe no gather the kids. You and multiplayer. I'll give it a whirl. Speaking of escaping. I was going to say, speaking of uh, utility games and uh, keeping with that theme, I revisited an old friend called Castle of No Escape 2. Now, Uh the first Castle of Escape is a quick one to... It might be one to two hours. I think it it might be zero to one as well. It's a very short game. Um, It's not hard at all. The second version the one that I'm talking about, they, it was about four to six, maybe five to six hours um, for this completion. 
it, it already had cheats in it and and everything. So I think there was a challenge to the game, and uh, I couldn't be bothered to do it. And so I skipped out on it. Until this week. This past week, Castle of No Escape 2 uh, received a patch from the developer. And this is after Castle of Escape 1 got a patch. Now, I did say Castle of Escape 1 was easy. And it was easy. But they added cheats in there to make it super easy. And they did the exact same thing with Castle of No Escape 2. Uh, The achievement guide maker chivo guides he put out a video for this game and in the video uh, he gave a little bit of history in the front part of it saying that he worked with the developers or reached out they reached out to each other and were having a discussion about how adding cheats to the first game uh, boosted sales and so they were going to do the same thing with the second game Um, and so they worked with him as soon as they dropped it they let him know when he made the video uh, now, the game is $8. Uh, you can buy a bundle with both the games in there for $9. So that's 2,000 gamers score for $9. Very easy. And that's not on a sale. Uh, so you could watch it. But the second one, uh, the one that I played this week with the cheats, it did allow me to complete the game in about five minutes. Uh, it was a glorious rush of adrenaline. Let me tell you. Uh, this is that that's the kind of game that like gets you in and you're saying blee bloop blee bloop blee bloop oh man it felt so good so good to see those pops to know that i would not have to uh to finish this game and it wouldn't have to stay on my tag all filthy and uncompleted so yeah this game you put in a cheat code uh at the main menu uh you wait about five minutes that's probably over half the achievements pop there you go back and forth to a few rooms. You do have to complete one room without getting a hit. Super easy. Pick a room with like two enemies and uh, don't be that bad. And you will be on your way. I don't recall what the TA was before this happened. But the TA now on the game is 1050. It tanked super hard. So I know that was a very popular game uh, this mm. week amongst the uh the community uh and so maybe put that on your wish list if you want to wait for a sale because there is a bundle but castle of no escape one and two are both super easy now all thanks to cheats so the achievements pop right away or you just have to uh so the first one you do that with the cheat code like it's it's the kind where it's like um surviving mars like they're backlogged they're just popping you're waiting waiting for the pops to start to stop uh and then if you follow the guide for like maybe three up to like the three minute mark uh he's going in he's like interacting with this thing which is kind of like in a set spot uh he's uh hitting this thing and killing these enemies uh for just a minute or two and then the other two achievements are for starting the game with the other two characters that you can pick from uh but other than that that's the game so what you're saying is With that the, the dev patched the game to make cheat codes to make you get a really quick and easy completion? Yes, to increase wow. their sales. <laughs> and did it work? <laughs> um, you know People what? People were talking about it. Yeah. It, it, was, it was definitely making the rounds. 
it, it's more expensive than the first Castle of No Escape. Um, looking at Castle of Escape, the first one right now, which is on sale for two thirty nine this week, normally three dollars. Uh, it has over a thousand people uh, tracked on it. I don't know what that was uh, prior to the cheats either. Castle of Escape Two, again, it's nine dollars, um, not on sale, uh, but it's th- almost at four hundred. So I think that is tracking. It wasn't a super popular game before, and uh, I'm sure they at least made a few hundred bucks by adding cheats in. So looks like it. Uh, I I think we're keeping the utility thing uh, going. What did what was your other game, L, this week? All right. Well, on day nine of Leapfrog, I decided to go with a game that uh, Michelle and Devin used, and they talked me into playing Clash Force, which is a good old Rattalika game. Came out in July. Wow. Basically, when I asked what this game was, Michelle said, it is baby's first Contra, and... I have to agree with that sentiment. It is baby's first Contra. Basically, you just run through the levels, shoot stuff, collect different guns. Like, of course, the best weapon is, of course, the spread shot. Mm -hmm. And in this game, you get three lives per level. So if you, or I guess by lives, I mean hits. You get three hits and then you die. But if you die, you just start from the level you're on. You don't have to go back to the beginning or anything. Oh, man, I should have tried the Konami code. That would have been cool. That would have been an amazing idea. Uh, So Clash Force, I completed in 55 minutes. That's probably way longer than it should have. Maybe I was uh, doing something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So there's uh, a... The achievement list is probably the most straightforward list you could ever have. Each level you complete, you get an achievement. And you get achievements for the first 15 stages. Um, much like 112 Seed, the game does continue afterward. I believe... And much like 112 Seed, you didn't play uh, I did, and it got really hard. And the next stage, I died a lot, so yeah, I gave up. I wonder why they stopped the achievements there. <laughs> I know, I wonder why they did that. But I did look on YouTube to see how long the game was. And believe it or not, I found someone with a full playthrough of the game. And the file is an hour and 20 minutes up to where I got was around 40 minutes. So it looks like there's still a decent amount left. But I believe there's a, a chapter select also. There's actually three save files where <laughs> that save your progress in this game. So it's actually pretty well made. And it looked like there was a three or four more stages. So this is another another game that I actually recommend. You know, Not all Redalikas are created equal. This one I enjoyed. Enjoyed my time with it, enjoyed the music, I enjoyed the graphics, I enjoyed the gameplay. Yeah, this is one of those games that I've Probably played, <laughs> completed, and don't have any recollection yeah, right. of it. <laughs> well, it doesn't help to have a game, like a, a title like this. I feel like all these games are so generically titled. I don't know, maybe if you saw some if, video, you'd, you'd remember. If you're going to say it, you got to say it like X the Hero. Clash Force! Clash Force! Clash Force! I genuinely enjoyed this game. Clash Force. (laughs) As you wish. All right. Well, I think that will do it for the game showcase. 
all about those hashtag utility games this week. All uh, right, we had some long games, moving some on. short games. We got, we some, did, we got games everywhere. Now we got other stuff. Now we got more games. Woo! Moving on to the news. Uh, this is a reminder: we have a date set for a, a new story that we hit on last week. EA Play joins Xbox Game Pass. That has been officially uh, announced to come November 10th. So we are just over a month away from getting free EA games in our Game Pass Ultimate subscription. Um, That does not include the PC version of Game Pass or the PC version of these games. That will come sometime in December. Um, I actually think I pay for EA Access slash EA Play and don't use it. Uh, do, do, are you guys excited for EA games coming? Um, I remember getting a year of EA access once. It was like five or ten dollars off on Newegg one year, and I think it was just for to play Titanfall or something like that. I, I remember mean, it, getting an uh, EA sub <clears throat> when we were doing plans for Zombies Garden Warfare. Because the Xbox One version hadn't gone on sale in a while, and the the you know the physical discs were a little too expensive at the time, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do that. Um, so <laughs> I actually have Garden Warfare. The Xbox version is still on my 90% list. I have <laughs> one achievement to get, so I'm no, yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> that I will be able to knock that out. Uh, in November. Uh, I'm also kind of excited because there's a lot of uh, those uh, punch cards for EA like sports <laughs> titles, like downloading. Oh, that, that you can kind of hack. Yeah, I think. Do you think they're going to keep doing those punch cards? And if so, I mean, yeah. I mean, they do them already for like Microsoft games Yeah, that go into Game Pass. So I don't see why not. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping that they do that. And then you can use EA, uh, this free, well, <laughs> free that you're already paying for, uh, EA Pass to kind of get a couple more uh, Microsoft points. You know, they have added Plants vs. Zombies Battle for the Neighborhood, Neighborville. Yeah. We get a smelling a new boost night. Just saying. It's very interesting because when you think of EA, you would probably think sports titles, right? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of sports mm-hmm. titles, but there's a lot of non-sports titles, too. It's actually surprising to see how many. Uh, there's yeah. the very excellent Away Oot. There's the Battlefield series. There's the Dead Space series. Dragon Age games. Oh, yeah, I don't Mass have a, a number here, but there's scrolling, I would have to say there's at least 60 games here. Star Wars Battlefront games, The Sims 4, Titanfall 1 and 2, and Unravel 1 and 2. So, yeah, a good variety here. SSX. Good stuff. Skate 3. Meh. So, yeah. <laughs> that is coming peggle. very, very soon. We don't need to hear about your Peggle. Oh. Yeah. You don't want to see my Peggle? No. All right. uh, the next uh, news story is actually quite exciting. So, uh, I'm going to read a quote here from it. Uh, the Xbox One, along with millions of fans who were part of its journey, are certainly worth celebrating Xbox Hall of Fame, running from October 1st to 19th, has been created to do just that. 
competing for a spot in the Xbox Hall of Fame is as easy as registering your gamer tag and playing your favorite games on Xbox One to place first in any of the eight categories. So before I go into the categories, uh, so this is like a celebration competition event that is free to register. You just go to the uh, Xbox promotion page for it and click register. You might have to do that about 30, 40 times for it to actually work, but you will see your gamer tag has registered um, and uh, just you'll be entered in into the, whatever they're tracking. Um, and, and I, it's, you know, there's no, there's no consequence to signing up and not doing anything. So I definitely think that you should do it uh, simply for the fact uh, that you get some Microsoft points that uh, I'll mention here in, in a little bit. Uh, but back to the eight categories that they are going to track. Uh, if you get first in any of these, you will be uh, placed into the Xbox Hall of Fame. And I think that you get an Xbox Series X with that uh, placement. But... Uh, there are three categories that are going to be based on the lifetime of your gamer tag, basically through October 19th, uh, as it were. Now, these are going to be a little uh, hard for most of the uh, population um, of our community and for just the general population in general, because you do have to be the first over the lifetime of you know the Xbox gamer tag uh, achievement system. But they are. Gamer Score Legend, and that is going to be for the uh, first or the top Gamer Score earner, um, I believe, in your country. Uh, but that might be overall. Uh, it's a little uh, inconspicuous there. The next one, however, is Achievement Conqueror, and they want to see how many achievements you have unlocked in your lifetime. And that one does detail that. You want to have more than any other player in your country. And so I know that Waka is going to try to make a strong showing uh, where he's at. I would imagine Sweden. (laughs) Oh, very good. (laughs) Just seeing if you I would imagine that Redemption Denied has a uh, a, a good look at this. He's in the U.S., but I don't don't, don't know where he's sitting right now. Uh, But yeah, so... That one is strictly on number of achievements. And the last one uh, under Lifetime Triumphs is Game Pass Ruler. Um, They want you to play all the Xbox Game Pass games. Now, I don't know how that's going to work out if it's like first to play them all because surely somebody has probably dived them all. Uh, We do have uh, newer uh, listener Milky Bars are on me. (laughs) Um, he, he, He plays and dives every game. That guy is a machine and so uh, he definitely has uh, at least a, the UK spot lined up for that one, I would think. Uh, the other five categories are specific dates. Uh, so I'll name each one, and they you have to do something specific in each in each one. And so the first one is called Sea of Thieves, Legendary Captain. Uh, earn as much emiss- emissary. Emissary, yeah. em- emissary. Thank you. Uh, emissary value <laughs> as you can in uh, this particular uh, voyage over the qualifying weekend. So that's October 2nd through the 4th. So that'll be just after this podcast drops. Uh, You do have to be Pirate Legend or higher, I guess. Um, So if you are that and you do love Sea of Thieves, this weekend is when you're going to want to be playing that to try and uh, do whatever you do in that game. I don't know. I think it's only for Kingsman. It it might be only for... And maybe Awu. Awu. Oh, man, it's been a minute. 
Oh, voice crack. Thank you. Uh, the other uh, games that you will want to pay attention coming up soon, uh, or actually, no, this one's already started. Forza Horizon 4 Hall of Fame. Um, so there is a special Hall of Fame circuit in Forza Horizon 4. Um, well, and you have to drive a specific car. Going through October 20th, uh, you want to get the fastest lap. So if you are actually skilled at Forza, then that might be something to uh, look into. Uh, State of Decay 2 is the last game in this section. Uh, October 16th through the 18th, uh, there's going to be a new zone map, is what it says, and they want you to clear all the Plague Harks as quickly as you can uh, without any multiplayer help. So uh, if you are really advanced in any of those three games, you might can win yourself an Xbox Series X if you are the best at what they are asking you to do. Now, the more important categories uh, for us are Gamer Score Champion. So from October 1st, the day that this podcast drops through the 19th, uh, you they're going to track Gamer Score earned, and the person who scored the most will be the Gamer Score Champion. And Achievement Defeater is the second uh, category uh, that I think that we would care most about. And that is, of course, unlock as many achievements as you can from October 1st to 19th. Wow. So I I already know that you guys are not going to play State of Decay, Forza, (laughs) or uh, Sea of Thieves. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I already know (laughs) that you guys are not going to have the most gamer score and achievements unlocked. Oh, whoa. No offense. No offense. No, but in the span of about twenty days, what do you think would I don't I don't think we're ever going to know this or have a leaderboard to track. What what would you think that uh, a person could score during that time or will score? I mean, could they start from scratch? You know, I don't know. I don't know why that would make a big difference. They might say that you had to have a pre-existing gamer tag. Because you can get a say they had like ten thousand. Make it game. Make it true achievement rules. Ten thousand minimum gamer score you before could, it starts. You could get a foof mm. a day. <laughs> I don't know about that, but so in theory, someone who'd already created a tag for a TA contest but didn't go too far. Mm-hmm. Could could still have a, a a tag that isn't loaded uh, to the gills. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we wouldn't go that far to no, create alts no, or anything. No, we're not that crazy. We're just three podcasters having yeah. fun. Exactly. I don't know. I twenty days, three weeks, basically, uh, to get as much gamer score as somebody possibly can. I, I'm thinking that's got to be like at least. 300,000 with the right games, the right collection and not working <laughs> yeah, I was or eating say, or sleeping like, much. Is this someone who's trying to keep their job and their marriage and their a relationship with their children? Oh, or? it's most definitely somebody okay. who's single. Okay. Someone who's trying not to get kicked out of their, their classes. <laughs> um, now the other one, the achievement defeater, that one's interesting because you could just try to find the games that have like, you know, a hundred achievements in them that you could knock out and, a few hours and, and do as many of those as possible. I mean, if you had access to, I don't know, pretty much every Radalika and you hadn't been 
you know. So you're saying like an alt that might have access to Elroy's catalog. <laughs> I'm saying possibly. <laughs> that might be possible. But yeah, gosh, I, I think even 300 slow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think there's some real nutballs um, that could, <laughs> they could just blow that out of the water. <laughs> For some reason, like 500 or 600 is like in my head, but I don't know. Oh, man, that would be one for the record It'd books be right there. Because you know... They would definitely earn Hall of Fame status then. You know that it's not just... You know, some people are going to go in and uh, do this as a team. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there are team accounts out there, and I'm sure that they could just, you know, 24 hours a day, just pump out. And then, and then what? And then they'd, they could they'd, win a Series they'd, X? They'd do a timeshare with a Series X. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Reminds me of that Simpsons episode where he chip in to buy a radioactive man number one. It's sad. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. I think I do, actually. Yeah. It's classic. In any case, if, uh, if, if all of that competition is just a little too much for you, uh, there is something of value to sign up. Like I said, uh, you will probably want to register anyways, especially if you are into Microsoft reward points, because there are two punch cards related to this Hall of Fame stuff. And essentially, you can get 1,500 Microsoft rewards points, uh, depending on how much gamer score you accumulate during that uh, October 1st through 19th period. So up to 10,000 gamer score, they will do a reward point for every gamer score accumulated. So I'll tell you right now, I am getting at least 10,000 gamer score next week or w- within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try to do it all next week. Well, I'm just looking at the Rattalaika and the East Asia soft games you guys just talked about. <laughs> I'm halfway there. So, so you got yeah, this. I'm you looking got at this. all these visual novels from the rat. Like I've been sitting on them, Ooh. not wanting to play them. Yeah. So that's at least half of it right there. We can't see yeah, your the- air quotes uh, when you say play, by the way. Just so <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Play. No, I'm going to hit play on <laughs> this. I think he said. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a competition I can I can uh, participate in. Mm. And who doesn't love Microsoft reward points? Seriously. Are, are we equating that to like 15 bucks? Is that is that what the ratio is nowadays? I don't reward point as much as you do, Kush. I think Kush has a spreadsheet dedicated to such I, endeavors. I think that's right. Well, um. Fifteen thousand is that? No, that's not. Uh, it's not really going to be five. Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is ten thousand five hundred, yeah. not fifteen thousand. Yeah, ten thousand five hundred. No, that that is not fifteen dollars or even uh, ten dollars. Maybe ten bucks, right? Uh, I don't think so. Ten dollars on a hot deal? On a hot deal that they no longer do. Uh, oh, is that gone? Yeah, I think I it's gone. I think there was an announcement saying that the hot deals are dead. They're officially oh, no. cold now. So, yeah, so it's not, it's not as good as you would hope. Well, that takes us to our last news story. <laughs> uh, that is uh, just a very quick blurb about the Xbox Series X and its performance. Uh, today, actually, we've been getting reports on the load times for different various games that reviewers are uh, sending out there. And from The Verge... Tom Warren posted a, uh, a table where he was doing com- some comparison uh, between an Xbox One X and an Xbox Series X, and we have some impressive load times on these games. Um, the ones that stick out the most 
uh, are uh, Sea of Thieves. It loaded an entire minute quicker. Um, Warframe was actually over a minute, a minute and uh, a few seconds. And uh, something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey loaded in half a minute. Uh, and these are pretty good. Um, pretty good times. Uh, I'm hoping the Xbox Series S is similar, uh, if not maybe a second or two slower, uh, because that is currently the route I'm taking. Um, does this, do these times impress you guys? Are you excited? Uh, both of you have an X pre-ordered. Are you excited to be experiencing less waiting? Breaking news. I was wrong. Uh-oh. It is $10. <laughs> nice. Nice. Back to your question. Glad to be right. <laughs> Sorry. Back to your question. I know that someone's screaming at me right now. And they've been screaming nonstop for like three minutes. I just wanted them to stop. Mike Pitch, stop it. Yeah, Mike Pitch. Yeah, Mike yeah. Pitch. <laughs> Go eat a taco, Mike Pitch. <laughs> so yeah, load times. Are you guys excited to well, experience them less? Of course. That's basically <laughs> what it's going to do for us, right? Right. Absolutely. Are you actually... so? Are you? Do you think that they should be better? Were you expecting better? No. Like I, I was thinking, like sub fifteen seconds for games. I, I'm a little too optimistic, apparently. <laughs> well, these are some heavy hitters on this list, so maybe um, most games will yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, most of these like, are, I guess. Like, De- Destiny two in forty three seconds versus almost two minutes is actually pretty very impressive. Yeah. Um, the Outer Worlds says six seconds, um, which that that's really good. Yeah. But that's the only one that's sub ten. I mean, anything probably that gets, the smallest game. Anything that gets Red Dead Redemption two down more is is great. I mean, that's definitely got me interested. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, that should also note that these are times uh, as of September 29th. So we are. Uh, you know, more than a month away from this console being released, and no optimization for these games have been uh, have been done. This is purely on whatever built-in backwards compa- compatibility this system is doing. So they could get even better. And not just the load times, but they said that like the games look better, and they're mm-hmm. and they're playing yeah. better. Um, oh with yeah, no I optimizations. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw a tweet from. Who was the one playing it? I saw a tweet from someone saying, yeah, I'm going to be replaying a lot of my games. They just look so much better. Someone said Clearly that. not an achievement hunter. <laughs> to replay their games. Unless, unless there's a stack. Well, no one told us what the Iron Snout loading times are going to be now. So Yeah. Man, you can slay so many wolves. <laughs> Unreal. So many wolves. So question. All right. Yes. We're we're all getting new shiny shiny Series X's, right? Well, except for Corey. All right. Well, he's getting a shiny little white Series X S S. Yeah, because he's, because he's insufficient in life. So, are you gonna play some AAA games on that bad boy? I don't have something lined up to play. Take advantage of the new hardware. Day one, Gems of War. Yeah. <laughs> And are we going to be needing some new TVs too? Take advantage of this stuff. Exactly. You need all that. Why? Did, why get a Series X if you don't have it? All right. I mean, fine. Cancel. Got. I've already got a 4K TV. So. But anything um, beyond that needed? Hmm. I don't know. At some point. I mean, it it de- it depends. Like, obviously, it's going to support 
better refresh rates. I don't know what your TV, your TV is probably 60, 60 Hertz. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all that stuff can be better unless you're rocking like, you know, multiple thousand dollar monitors. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I went for when, when yeah. the series or when the, uh, when the X when came X. out. Yeah. When the X came out, I, I needed to upgrade a TV anyway. So I made sure that I got not the bottom tier. So not scraping the 4k barrel <laughs> at the bottom, but just up, <laughs> up like a step. So it was 4k, uh, uh, HDR or SHDR. Cause you know, it's a Samsung. So I had to put an S in there somewhere. So, um, so that's what I got and it's, it's been great. Uh, what would I want to play to show the power of it? Well, when I got the series X, dang it, not the series X. When I, when I got the X, yeah, man, they really should have rethought this naming. It's really horrible. Um, I got uh, super lucky's tale, right? I remember. And it looked, Okay, it looked it looked good, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't it's say like a I, really really good PlayStation Three game. Yeah, yeah, like, I wasn't <laughs> blown away. <laughs> I wasn't blown away. Um, I I could see putting in something like Control, and just you know really something that really hammers the system, uh, and just especially since I haven't played that, <laughs> like, it's gonna look really good to me no matter what I think. So. Uh, so yeah, I want to try that. I think when I get my Series X, and that's why it's such a shame that Halo Infinite's not going to be ready because that would have been perfect. I think because um, right away I'm thinking Halo Five, which still looks good, and maybe like Gears Five. Those would be good to show it off. I think games that have the uh, Xbox One X enhanced updates, and then some of them are going to get Series X updates too. Right? That's the idea. Yeah, well, I hope I- so. I'm just excited to to put Tony Hawk on there yeah. and Rocket League. And uh, that way I can leave Tony Hawk running so the multiplayer works for me and uh, I could pop the Rocket League whenever I needed to. Did you say Rocket uh, League? It, I said Rocket League. All right, sorry, League. I have to go. Come on. Bruce calling. We've been playing Rocket uh, League no. every night, by the way. I have yeah, no I idea have. why. Because it's free to play now. <laughs> so all the people that we already all had it, but now it's like, ooh, free to play. There is a lot more people playing it. Um, what they are not doing are they're not buying games. Let's uh, let's move on to our wheeling and dealing section, we're talking about this week's sales. Um, I actually don't have anything to recommend this week, but I have some community recommendations that I have uh, not cleared with them. So uh, take take my word over theirs. Uh, Mental Knight wants to recommend Aqua Kitty UDX at two dollars and sixty nine cents. Elroy OMJ would also like to recommend Captain Cat. Uh, I'm sorry, Captain Cat for $2.49. And Fufu Cuddly Poof would like to recommend Purple Chicken Spaceman at $3. Um, I've seen each of those individuals rave about each of those games, and they would not want you to miss it. Um, L, what are you buying this week? Uh, the only game that I think I want to buy is this game, Abyss, uh, The Wraiths of Eden, an Artifacts Monday game that is $1.50 down from $15, and it's a five to six hour completion. I haven't played an Artifacts Monday game in a long time. $1. You're probably going to regret that decision. No, I like them. We get the family together to do the uh, hidden picture things, so 
It's fun. We crazy like that. Um, <laughs> okay. If you want an easy 1K, it looks like uh, Aboriginous is a zero to one hour for three bucks instead of five. And that's all I got. All right. Very cool. Uh, resident deal seeker Nate, what did you find this week? Well, I would like to recommend the Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human because it is a Vayner. Yes. $6 down from $15. That's a significant savings. Um, the game is not uh, fantastic, um, <laughs> but there is a walkthrough. Um, and, you know, it reminds me of, um, well, basically you're in a sub, so it kind of reminds me of some sub-based games where you're shooting left and right. It's been a while. I need to go back to this. But um, the walkthrough, I think, made this sound like it was a six to eight hours I want to talk about. I want to I say, uh, so it's not that bad. Um, the other game I want to talk about, because it never goes on sale, is Fairy Legends of Avalon. This is a 360 game, backwards compatible. It is 149, uh, down from 749. It is six to eight hours. It is 200 gamer score. There is a walkthrough. It is a turn-based RPG. And yes, I'm kidding. It is on sale every week. Um, <laughs> my oh. hope is that enough people <laughs> buy it that this thing just goes away and we don't have to see it every week. Um, it's, it's actually not horrible. It is a very bare bones RPG uh, with turn based combat, and uh, it's not horrible. and And the walkthrough is not horrible. I I think I was doing this because of the RP Gainer. Uh, I was looking for you know cheap RPGs that weren't going to take too long, and this one fits that bill uh, pretty easily. Uh, unfortunately, it is only two hundred gamer score, but come on, if everybody gets this, maybe they will stop putting it on sale doubt doubt <laughs> uh and also a quick uh correction the aquatic adventures of the last human uh says 15 to 20 hours on the walkthrough mm, mm. but if you are the next person to complete it you will make the infamous top 10 Ooh. for completions all right moving on to the best kind of sale and that is free we have some Game Pass additions. So, as everybody and their mother predicted, uh, Bethesda games will start coming to Game Pass, and that is going to start with Doom Eternal on October 1st. So, today that you're listening, uh, Doom Eternal is available to you, uh, as well as Drake Hollow on the PC. Uh, this is an ID at Xbox game that is currently in the console version of Game Pass, I do believe. Uh, it's a cooperative up to four player, uh, village building game, kind of like Fortnite, I think like the, the single player Fortnite. Um, I'm actually going to try to hook up with Fufu and play, and play this one. Um, if I, if I'm correct, uh, you can also get the legendary, awesome, brutal legend that is coming to consoles October 8th. You can get Forza Motorsport 7, uh, Finally, I guess, uh, that one's been long awaited for a car enthusiast. Uh, it has cars, but not the fun ones, apparently. And then uh, another ID at Xbox game, Iconfall, uh, is coming to console and PC October 8th. That is a turn-based tactical RPG. Uh, this was made or published by Humble Bundle. Uh, they are known for publishing uh, some 
pretty great games. So if you like tactical RPGs at all, this one will probably be better than the average based off that uh, pedigree. Uh, Koosh, can you tell me about what's leaving Game Pass? I sure can. Uh, it's Felix the Reaper from console and PC. That is a stack. So that is almost 2,000 gamer score worth of game. Because I think more, more like 1,900. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said almost 2,000. Because there are yeah. some, uh, some achievements you just can't get. Uh, Metro 2033 Redux console and PC. I believe that is also a stack. Uh, but who's got time to play that much Metro? Uh, Minute on console and PC that is not a stack um, and that's a good game so you should play it I don't care what anyone discord says it is a good game chip <laughs> Saints Row 4 re-elected on the PC and State of Mind on the PC is a short game uh, that you can complete um, I want to say gosh I'm, I'm just gonna get my estimates all wrong today, so I'm not even gonna say it's a short game there's a walkthrough you can get it done yeah, these are all leaving October 15th to two weeks to play them. I, I do second that recommendation for a minute. Uh, play it with a guide, and it'll be great. And <laughs> I do actually recommend Felix the Reaper, uh, not only uh, to try to boost the TA I have in that game, but it actually is kind of fun. And there are guides out there if you uh, do need them. I think I'm going to save minute for the uh, first week of G-Task. There you go. It did have some good TA last time Someone I looked. Someone said it was probably worth like 1,600 TA, right? Because they said it was 600 TAD. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds right. I definitely week uh, one, that did good. it. I definitely did it during my last uh, G-Task run. And, and yes, it is uh, a little bit over 1,600 TA. Uh, we also got Games with Gold. So we have all the news this time. We did not get podcasted Yay, out on this one. Tuesdays. L, can you tell me about Games with Gold? I can, but first I wanted to brag about uh, being the one to uh, guess that Doom Eternal was coming to Game Pass last week. Just saying. Um, <laughs> in a totally unrelated discussion, October Games with Gold, all our scary games. Ooh. On the Xbox One, we have Slayway Camp Butcher's Cut, made of Skur. Oh, I think Slayway Camp is a, is a puzzly game, right? And made of yeah. Skur is a, a FMVV game. That means FMV. Man, back in my day, we had like fancy FMV games on our CD-ROMs. Oh, man. Good times. Sphinx, which is an Xbox original, and I can't say I've heard of that one. Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. And Costume Quest which is an Xbox Live Arcade title where 200 gamer score, even though it was incorrectly advertised as having a 3,000 gamer score for all three of these, eh, wrong. I believe it's 2,200, and then a DLC makes it 2,250, yeah. I just don't know how somebody in marketing could just get that wrong. Like, why? if you're going to put it, you might as well put the right number. I guess they just assume everything's worth 1,000, and they knew enough that the Xbox original wasn't. I don't know. It makes no sense. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to start Costume Quest 2 this month for the spookiness. Uh, I own Slayway Camp. I Made of Skur looks too scurry for me. <laughs> and uh, I've never heard of that Xbox One game. so Or X Xbox original game. You need to get Wifey next to you and start playing the game and then you know do the whole uh, 
I guess you would jump into her arms. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save me. Yeah, I don't think that would fly. Yeah. Okay. You have anything, Nate? I was going to say, every year I tell myself I'm going to do the costume quest in October, and I never do. Uh, so maybe do this it. year. It's way better than all I, the other stuff you've been playing. Yeah. This year is the year I, I won't say I'll do it, and then maybe I will do it. I'm I think, definitely um, looking to, think your to daughter knock will out like Felix. It, by the way. She might. Uh, she might like it. She will. And it is fun to kind of roller skate around. It really game, is. So. Yeah. So, But yeah, I'm going to try and knock out Felix the Reaper uh, before that goes out, uh, and then maybe a costume quest. There we go. Sounds good. Don't Felix the Reaper. All right. We are moving on to our contests uh, portion of the show. We have a new one for you guys. Um, Leapfrog is still going. Uh, there are actually, uh, in my opinion, too many people that are still in it that are friends with the <laughs> AH101 account. So we will call out the top tier people. We'll try that next week to see if yeah, uh, we like, lose you guys. It's like over 20. No? There's there's a, there's see? a good bit, yeah. Uh, and as of podcast day, we will be on day 18. So they're getting 18 achievements uh, today uh, and then 19 tomorrow and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I think that one's going to be going on for quite a while. Uh, but the new hotness in town is GTASK 2020. Registration is open and it starts on Monday, October 5th. So this coming Monday is uh, the very first week of GTASKs. Um, you have to register by Friday night. Um, so tomorrow, uh, if, if you if you miss that, you have missed GTASK. And if you are a badge hunter, you do need to register, register for the individual side and make it to at least week four or through week four. I don't know. You should probably make it to week five just to be safe uh, for whatever that is. Uh, when it comes to the team side, uh, it will have teams of four this year. That is up one from last year. Uh, the shtick of GTAS 2020, again, like last year, is TA difference, which is the difference between true achievement score and gamer score earned during the periods. Uh, so obviously, harder achievements are more rewarding. Um, and this time, the contest is only going to run for 25 uh, periods. Uh, of one week each, uh, barring no Xbox Live issues or ratio go uppities again. I like that word. Thank you. Uh, I did not make it up. Uh, huh. <laughs> we will be following all of the teams and individuals like last year. So if you want to be on that follow list um, and get shouted out, uh, follow the AH101 True Achievements account. Uh, I think the link is always in the description uh, and we will shout out to you as you lose <laughs> in these periods um, and then the winners at the end. Nate, Gamertech Challenge, we're about to start a new month. Yes, we are almost done with Hat 90 in September. Um, and you have heard me talk about that a whole bunch. So uh, get your achievements marked up in the spreadsheet. You've got a couple days uh, between the time the month ends and the time when we draw the winner. So <clears throat> go ahead and get that done. And we will announce the winner next week. Speaking of next, uh, next month in October, 
we have randomly picked patron member Dark Lord Davis as the Gamertag Challenge. And oh, he man. has already chosen his game. It is an achievement or a completion in Amnesia Collection. Uh, we have not yet nailed down the uh, bonus or if there's going to be a bonus bonus. So we will give you more information on that next week. Amnesia. This is this is Dino Bull, right? Yes, this is his Dino gamer Bull. tag is Dark Lord Davis. Yes, right. He goes. All he's right. a man by many names. He likes his D's. <laughs> Dark Lord uh, Davis, sounds... Dino Bull, dentistry. He's a man of many Dentist, D's. Yep. <laughs> Just All don't right. forget about the amnesia bonus. See what I did there? Yes, amnesia. What? Okay. What? Forget. All I said right. Anything. Time for. <laughs> Proclamation point. Wait a minute. Don't forget random to-do list. Hello. It's October now. Okay. Yeah. That is my favorite contest. And you just go out of your way to just not talk about it. You talk about other things. Random to-do list is the freaking best. All right. That was random. But if you say so. Like like the random to-do list. Exactly. Um. Oh, what's that guy's name? Railbait came in. He's like, oh, I haven't been here in a while. But Leapfrog brought me back. I love contests. I have a reason to play my games. And he's like, oh, what's the random to-do list? I'm like, yeah. Random to-do list is where you get a list of 25 achievements and you go for them. It's really simple. Uh, it's run by the wonderful ZZ Urban Spaceman and the Real Gamer Score podcast. And we have a rtdl channel that you need to opt in you go to hashtag role management and then you click on rtdl and while you're there click on gtask and all the other fun stuff we have going on so yeah make it happen and we need to do a team one i'm going to keep mentioning it every month until it's done <laughs> i'm sure it will come soon uh there's also the chewy stuff uh i'm sure he'll have a thing probably next week uh but there's a lot of fun new halloween themed names in the discord oh speaking of chewy we just uh my family watched the uh, empire strikes back the other day you were not gonna believe what happens at the end of that movie oh my god don't tell anyone it's crazy crazy spoiler <laughs> you look confused i'm not telling you what happens I'm trying to make a joke about which one but i don't know which movie that is <laughs> i know it's not the one um, with jar jar it, oh, what <laughs> whatever the most famous <laughs> uh, star wars spoiler there is it's that one <laughs> It's a, I heard that that it's a, it's really Darth doesn't Vader mean. Quote. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody told me. I think it was Anna Kendricks that Vader means father in German. I don't know. Uh, moving what? on to yeah, proclamation point. Oh, why didn't you say so? Oh, I did twice. Oh. Okay, uh, completions. Uh, this is a much trimmed down proclamation point. By the way, uh, thank you for that feedback. Oh, it's like the brisk brisk uh, camp. Completions. Uh, we have Fuoth. He has completed 50 games. New listener uh, that we know of, XNeo21X is his gamer tag. I will call him Neo. He has reached a milestone of 300 completed games. And Seamus McLimey hit 330 completed games this past week. And he said, no, that's not enough. And he completed five more and hit 335 completed games. For completion percentage, <laughs> Northern Lass hit that very cool 50% completion percentage, as well as Fuoth. Uh, Fuoth is a little newer of a gamer, so he has 74,000 available achievements uh, next to 
northern last is 30,000, but still 50%, no matter where you're at, is pretty cool. And Mark B, longtime achievement hunter uh, of ours, is at 65% completion. All right, it looks like so, I'm yeah. going streaking. Speaking of streaking, Skeptical Mario has encouraged all of these crazy people to get 10-day achievement win streaks and then break them and then do it all over again. And people are doing it. Here are the people that have done it this week. ZZ Urban Spaceman, uh, XTAX Legend Shots, Simso, Rocker Dude, Vulgar Latin, EOJ. Ah, Rich, TA, True Achievement, Legohead1977, P-Tart, and Jibbles, and Mr. Jester. EL Sock is on a 75-day achievement win streak. NBA Kirkland is on a 100-day achievement win streak. Heizo, 250 days. And Seamus McLimey, 1450. Nice job. In achievements one, AZ Mongoose has 7,000. Tony Coconuts has 7,500. iMike0 has 10,000. Wheezy Fuzz has 15,000. Enigma Gamer 77 has 18,000. And ZZ Urban Spaceman... Thanks, man. Has 20,000 achievements. Well done. In gamer score, Fista Roboto has 140,000. Unstoppable <laughs> KD has 180,000. Neo 21 with 380,000. Biggle with 600,000. And Matism with 650,000 gamer score. In By the TA way, score, sorry to cut mm-hmm, you off. Mm-hmm. I just got 500,000 in January. What is going on here? Are we uh, like, I think you're playing some just, games, buddy. Are we like achievement like hunters or something? We should make a podcast Hunting. about this. All right. Yeah, I hit 400,000 in March, and I'm about to hit 500,000 myself. Like, I'm not even trying for this stuff. It's just happening. I'm going to have to start playing some games for fun and not achievement. Oh, sorry, Kush, as you were. No, 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 no problem. On TA score, we have Hack and Bone with 200,000 TA, Fista Roboto with 300,000. L.A. Jester with 300,000, and Enigma Gamer 77 with 700,000 True Achievement score. Fister Roboto, you need to come into the Discord. I need to ask you about your name. It's pretty amazing. Oh, back to me. Leaderboard. Back to you, buddy. The Alpha Seagulls in the top 20,000 of TA leaderboard. What? <laughs> I was just laughing about how sometimes you like to mess with the commas, and then this time <laughs> you gave me a number with lots of commas. <laughs> Well, there uh, the more. Seagull- Let's start over. The Alpha Seagulls in the top 20,000 of TA Point and Click. AZ Mongoose is in the top 50 of the Arizona TA leaderboard for fighting. I'm not going to tell you how long it took me to figure out that the AZ and Mongoose was actually for Arizona. Uh, Fista Roboto is now in the top five of the Australia TA leaderboard for cycling. Northern Lass is in the top 1,000 of the Gamerscore leaderboard for ID at Xbox. Oh, that's pretty awesome. And Chesno is in the top 200 of the England TA leaderboard for Xbox One fighting. You know what? I think I'm going to track the ID at Xbox leaderboard myself. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, like I was fun. thinking the same thing. It used to be where you had to click track my position, and that was the only way they show up. But I feel like they just show up on their own now. Is that true? Mm, I think you still have to track them. Really? To get them to show up? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But anyways, that will do it for us for level 114. Stick around. We do have some great segments coming up. Uh, But uh, if you would, uh, follow us on Twitch, AH101, uh, Twitter, Achievements101. 
Discord, uh, you can find us at discord.gg slash AH101 temporarily and uh, get in on the Halloween nicknames. And then, of course, we have a Patreon if you would like to support us. Um, a reminder, we do draw monthly for a Patreon and Twitch subscriber uh, giveaway. And the Patreon is happening next week. Twitch is happening actually right now. and uh, But you can get your subscription in there for next month, whenever is convenient for you. Uh, and so with that, thanks for listening. Class is dismissed. Aren't we supposed to mention our live episode? Is that happening? Fufu told us to, and you said Fufu okay. wants it to happen. We might be live next week. Fufu said it's going to happen. <laughs> Fufu Cuddly Poof is, is, has taken off for a month. He's on siesta. He's, he's got to join us next week live. He said only if it's live will he join us next week. So he better play is some he gonna, games. Is he going to show us his baby bump? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> a bread I, baby. I, <laughs> bread... Uh, and monster <laughs> bread and old bay <laughs> oh i think that will do it so yeah we might be live next week at twitch.tv slash ah101 on tuesday uh hope you are there and join us so yeah mm. now class is dismissed stephen king once wrote that nightmares exist outside of logic and there's little fun to be had in explanations they're antithetical to the poetry of fear. In a horror story, the victim keeps asking why, but there can be no explanation, and there shouldn't be one. The unanswered mystery is what stays with us the longest, and it's what we'll remember in the end. Do you know the true meaning of fear? Hey guys, we're gonna talk about some horror games. We figured that with Halloween around the corner and a special horror game month planned for Chewie's Challenge Championship, that uh, myself, Chewy on Ice, and another resident horror fan, Mr. Volga Latin. Hey, how's it going? Uh, we'd get together and talk about some of our favorite horror games uh, and couch that in our own experience with horror movies growing up and just chat chat all things horror, uh, yeah. as well as recommending some games. We're going to talk about some games that we definitely do not recommend. And we're also going to tie it into Chewy's Challenge Championship with some bonus points. Ooh, bonus. So, uh, yeah, we both talking to each other. I uh, just found out that uh, we absolutely love uh, horror games. Um, and just Hor- horror anything, in really. Yeah, the yeah. genre. Um, which, yeah, it's, it is something that I uh, grew up with. I spent a lot of time watching all of the, the slasher movies uh, and different types of horror media, really, in general. And, uh, you know, it's always a special time, October is, to, to play some of those and, and you know, get kind of scared. Uh, what's your background with horror? Uh, yeah, similar. I mean, yeah, I grew up with the stuff, in particular, John Carpenter's The Thing. It just really stuck with me. N- not, not for, like, obviously it was, it was scary, but there was something more to it. I just, mm. I just loved the kind of craft of it. I just was obsessed with how they made the movies, the effects, obviously, but also how they kind of built the scares and and uh, kind of the tension. So, yeah, I became obsessed with with the genre. I used to go to the video store with my parents, and they'd have uh, in the UK they'd have these shops that don't exist anymore, Andy's Records and MVC, and they were terrible at checking your age. You could just buy whatever. 
but even still i'd walk up to my parents with like uh they'd have like an offer for like three movies for 10 pounds uh, and i'd be like okay i've got hellraiser 2 nightmare on Elm street 4 and friday the 13th part 6 on video here uh can i get these mum and dad and they'd be like yeah sure and i was i was i was 12 or something ridiculous like that they wouldn't they wouldn't even check and i'd have like friends come around uh to watch movies with me and i'd be like let's watch the hitcher it's great <laughs> you'll love it and my friend would be like it says it's an 18 and i'd be like yeah so throughout the like you say the 80s the like slasher movies a lot of that stuff really spoke to me but also i i was i became really fond of the kind of crazy euro horror the stuff the italians were putting out in the 80s and 90s most of which was a rip off of a lot of the american stuff but with their own crazy european twist yeah like i just recently did suspiria that was very weird and italian the, the original or the uh, yes remake? the original yeah i love all of that the argento movies and the uh, the soundtrack to that is just amazing goblin goblin yeah, yeah fantastic <laughs> But I know that's a little bit about our background. Uh, let's let's get into some let's get into actual video games. Mm. Uh, and there's there's a lot. I think we've really tried to keep it to games that you can play on Xbox uh, right now. Everything that we recommend here, just looking at it, is available on Xbox. So uh, you can jump right in, uh, right along with us. And and you might want to have reason to if you're a big CCC here. But we'll get to that uh, in a minute. Uh, gee, why don't we start it off uh, with your first recommendation? Yeah, so I'm actually recommending Silent Hill 2, Part 2, which you can play as part of the Silent Hill HD collection comes along with silent hill 3 which i would also recommend as well i liked yeah i've I've done three i have not actually beaten two yet but i have the collection so i'm excited to to give it a shot so i should say that if i could i would choose silent hill one that game i think is probably one of my most played and at least most completed games of all time predating achievements when i was forced to replay games multiple times for for completions (laughs) I used to just stay up late on my PlayStation 1 playing that to death. I was a big Stephen King fan, oh, uh, a yeah. big, big Twin Peaks fan. Uh, and also uh, there's this movie, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Oh, yeah. That's creepy. Brilliant, brilliant film, uh, which deals with kind of this guy who has these visions, demonic visions in the everyday world. And I feel like all of those are really strong inspirations for the Silent Hill games. And they'll kind of pull them together into this... Uh, crazy mix of of just crazy horror Uh, and that first game was like the perfect experience for me when i grew up the second game really refines the gameplay uh, and it introduced obviously its iconic pyramid head Mm -hmm. killer you're playing as this guy he's visiting silent hill because he's received a letter from his dead wife asking him to come and from there he experiences a lot of fog uh, oh, and a lot, mon- a lot of monsters, a lot of locked doors. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just really appreciate uh, the kind of the dread that these games kind of build, the tension. And the fog hides all manner of sins when it comes to obviously the graphics uh, and the look of the game, but it just kind of works. And also the, uh, the, the soundtracks are just amazing. Akira Yamioka, I think, if I'm butchering his name, 
writes all the music for those early Silent Hill games, and they're just fantastic. The fog is something that is just, they, they really do a great job in Silent Hill 2, at least from what I've played. I haven't made it all the way through, but just making the town feel very alive, like it feels like a very real place, and it feels like a place that is against you. Very much so. Like, it is actively trying to harm you. It's what it feels like. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of the themes in it as well as uh, something that a lot of people really uh, relate to, I guess, because it deals with a lot of things like loss uh, and grief. Yeah, so the first game has uh, the, it's, there's a theme of kind of parenthood and being a good parent and because and you're, uh, you're looking for your lost child. But actually, yeah, the second one deals with some quite mature themes. It's, it's actually quite an adult game quite clever uh, in that way uh, loss grief all of those player kind of a part in it yeah you're right the the fog it kind of feels oppressive and and they also introduced um this mechanic uh from the first one where you carry a radio around with you mm-hmm. and anytime there is, uh, are creatures in the vicinity the radio crackles with static and anytime you're kind of wandering through the fl- fog and you hear that crackling static it gets your uh oh yeah but butt puckering. <laughs> yeah, you hear that static and you know you gotta book it. Yeah. It is intense. It's a yeah, it's a PS2 game originally, but it is a classic. I think it was also on OG Xbox and yeah, you can play it on the collection, which has Silent Hill 3, which is also uh it's also pretty good. Silent Hill yeah. 3 does a lot of cool stuff. Uh the main thing I remember is that you play as a 17-year-old girl and she <laughs> has all of the capabilities as such, so like she's not an action hero, so she shoots a shotgun and it just shoots her back from the recoil. It's an interesting series, and uh, yeah, and then there's other games that you can play too, I guess. Yeah, I mean the following, the ones that came after that, which you can play on the one Homecoming and Downpour, are mm-hmm. adequate. Let's say fine. Two and three are really the 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 kind of. Well, one, two, three—the pinnacle of the one, series. One, two, three. Uh, although I, I will say that the HD collection is a bit of a buggy mess as, as a port. Oh yeah. So you have to fight against that a little bit. Yeah, the HD collection is not the best. It, it wouldn't be my way of recommending that series to anyone either. But if the only thing you have is an Xbox One or a 360, you could play it that way if you would like to, and you can get achievements too, which is uh. Isn't that why we're here? Report unusual behavior. Barricade your homes. Avoid all contact with infected individuals. Wait for official instructions. (laughs) Wait my ass. Kill all sons of bitches. That's my official instructions. Uh, Mine is left for dead. Uh, One or two. Does not matter. I think that they're pretty much the same game, and that's not speaking uh, derisively of Left 4 Dead. It's just that 2 takes a lot of the ideas and just gives you more, like more weapons, more zombies, uh, more special infected. Uh, and they they came out really close together. Like, I think within a year, Left 4 Dead 2 had already been released. It is a cooperative game. Uh, it's also a multiplayer game uh, where... You are four survivors going up against hordes of zombies trying to get to point A to point B uh, in different campaign modes, uh, different campaign areas. The big thing is with this one is that there's an AI director who's always trying to keep it interesting. So it will tailor the game as you're playing it 
Uh, so it's not always the same experience every single time. It'll throw different pitfalls and different things at you. It is a lot of fun. Uh, I I did I probably spent the most time with two, uh, though I have the original and I I did play a lot of that too. It's it's great. It's uh it is a really fun time uh, working cooperatively. Yeah, I played both of these and and I I tend to agree that they are very enjoyable, but they are definitely best played with others. I I played them on my own and kind of it was okay. It was it was fine, but but playing with other people really kind of adds to the experience. Especially if you're a if you're a bit of a griefer like myself, my my favorite thing to do playing in the second game was I used to play it with my brother-in-law, and uh, I'd always keep a bile bomb on me. And anytime I heard the horde music, it's the little musical cue that signaled that the horde was coming, mm-hmm. the first thing I would do is throw the bile bomb directly on my brother-in-law <laughs> and then run as far away as possible. <laughs> uh... He loved it. Oh yeah, and well, in the multiplayer mode too, you can like you can cause some real chaos in the multiplayer mode. The big thing I will recommend though is never split the group. If you start running off on your own, you will die. There's just a lot of special infected that will knock you down and cause you a lot of harm. Two is probably the one I would hi- more highly recommend, just because it's just more. Um, but one is is solid. Uh, it is a it is a very good game. Two just adds more weapons, more everything. Nice. I liked the theme as the South in two, and I think that that just really worked. Yeah, I I will say that I have not completed both games on the uh, the harder difficulty modes. So during October, if anyone wants to join me, then I will be more than happy to do so. Oh yeah, I have not completed the first game, so uh, there's still a lot that I need to do in the first one as well. And uh, yeah, I might uh, hit you up there because. Uh, mm. I, I love playing these, Ben. They are best played with a group. Mm-hmm. Playing them by yourself, it's fine, but I think it really works best with you and, and three friends. Mm-hmm. Picking your favorite uh, people. Uh, I always pick Bill or Ellis. For those who are curious, those are my two mains in each game. Automatic quarantine must have tripped when the filtration system restarted. Everybody relax. What was that? Did you hear that? Not sure. The hell? I don't know. Something's in the room with us. Come on. I've already explained how my first pick, Silent Hill, kind of played into all the things that I loved growing up. And it's kind of a survival horror experience, but it's very grounded. But my next game is a survival horror experience that's not grounded. In fact, it's said in space <laughs> no one could hear you scream and i already mentioned that the thing was one of my favorite films uh, i really loved the body horror elements uh, and the crazy effects you know people's bodies literally tearing to pieces uh, as they transform into these hideous alien beings i also love the original alien movie uh, so my pick is dead space one because i think it it, it also brings all of those elements together it's got the fear and the horror, uh, the body horror, but I also like the kind of sci-fi elements. It feels very isolating being stuck in the vastness of space on a spaceship that's doomed. And I think the first game in particular for me really captures those those feelings. Uh, and it's also got those kind of same themes of, of madness uh, as well, because you're never quite sure if what the protagonist Isaac is experiencing is 
100% real. Basically, the, the cause of the infection in, in dead space is these, uh, what I think they're called markers, mm-hmm. uh, these very ancient monuments that have been built and can uh, send out these, I guess, uh, telepathic feelings and thoughts into people's minds that kind of make them go crazy. Uh, but increasingly, as they get infected by this madness, they also transform into hideous necromorphs as they're called they reminded me a lot of event horizon oh man yeah that is uh, one of the most underrated movies i think of all time personally speaking that's one of my favorites like they're they they would work very well as a companion to one another dead space and event horizon i think and uh what i liked the most about the og dead space was the fact that uh, isaac is an engineer uh, he is not a soldier or anything, so all of his weapons are construction tools, essentially. <laughs> and you fight enemies by dismemberment. Yeah, I like the. Uh, it's almost counterintuitive the, uh, the the combat because normally in in these kind of games, especially zombie games, you know, you're shooting for the head, but in this game, now you've got to take the limbs off. It's great. Uh, the first one I think does a lot of really good stuff. And as a side note, this is kind of interesting. But you know, actually, if you take the first letter in each of the chapters, you'll get an interesting message there. And I don't want to spoil what that is. It's it's spooky. And yeah, it has a lot of that mental elements there. It's it's a good third person shooter. And it's it's very scary. I, I really enjoy it. It really keeps that claustrophobic uh, horror thing going. The, the tension kind of stays throughout. A few twists and turns along the way. The action kind of builds up as they introduce new necromorph types. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it never feels like, at least in the first game, it never feels like it's uh, too full on. Uh, They they keep it tense. Yeah, I know that. I think this one's also, um, I believe they gave it out for Games with Gold. Yeah. uh, If people are interested. And I think it is also on EA Access. Step one. Problem size. Step two. The screw's so tight, all around. Cross my heart and hold to the eye. Stick a needle in your eye. Moving on to the next game, I I see in my notes here that uh, there's a linking element here. (laughs) So I actually was going to recommend, uh, when we did this, it's independent, but I actually liked Dead Space 2 a little bit more. I think what I liked the most about it was that it takes place in a space station. You know, Uh, it wasn't like a the first one, the Ishimara is the name of the ship in that. And, you know, it's a big size ship, but I don't feel like you get a lot of the human element as to what went wrong. Uh, And in two, it's kind of happening like the the, the bad stuff and all of the horror stuff or or the things falling apart uh, is happening while it's going on. And for me. My favorite part of any zombie story is the part where society is breaking down. That's the part that I think is the most Mm. terrifying. Not afterwards where everyone's in the post-apocalypse, but the time where like people are they're still trying to get some order. There's a lot of elements that I feel like they do in two that really hit hard. So there's an enemy type that is, you know, an infant or children uh, is an enemy type. And it just... Yeah, and as you're going through it, you just have this realization and it's just like, oh man, people lived here, man. You mm. have to go through like a school. It adds a bit of realness to it, I guess. 
and that's why I liked the second one. It is a lot more of the same uh, in terms of like adding more weapons and and everything. And I'd actually recommend that you play the first one and then play the second one. I think that that's probably a better order of operations. Yeah. It also has a lot of free DLC, so you can get that going now. I think, and there's a multiplayer mode which I've never played. Uh, yeah, there, there was no achievements tied to the multiplayer, thankfully. So it was something that could be, it could be avoided. In the DLC, there is. Ooh. I I think that uh, the first two Dead Space games are are awesome. Uh, I can't highly recommend them enough. But two was the one that edged it out for me. It's interesting you say that because so for me, so the can you remember what the place is called into? No, the sprawl. Ah. Uh... Yeah. So for me, that kind of sums it up a bit because I, I don't know what it is. And it might just be because I'm one of these snobby purists. But I always really enjoy th- things when they stay small and when they start gotcha. small. Yeah. And it's true of, of the, the first Silent Hill game, the first Resident Evil game, first Dead Space game. They have a very kind of small focused vision. Uh, it's also true of movies. A lot of the time, I think about the first Alien movie comparison to the rest it takes place in one small setting it's got a small cast of characters and it's really creepy and tense and then in the second ones often they go bigger bigger isn't always better in a lot of cases it it can be and they can refine the formula and they can improve on it but sometimes i just miss that i guess claustrophobia of the first entries and actually, it extends outside of horror for me as well. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but your favorite Batman game, I believe, the Arkham games is City. Am I right? Yep. Mine is Asylum. And it's for the same reason. It's that kind of focused, claustrophobic, controlled environment. And it feels more kind of tight. <laughs> when they get bigger, I get a bit kind of lost to me, uh, a bit more overwhelmed or a bit more sprawling. And maybe a bit less focused. Uh, not that that's not that they're bad. Just it's kind of a different experience. Uh, and I oh, kind yeah. of equate that to yeah the first Alien film, which is like a horror film. It's 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 tight. It's intense. It's it's very deliberately paced. And then the second one is like it's an action movie. Uh, and that's that's kind of what I worry about. And, and you know, I, I say that's not fair to say to something like Dead Space Two, which actually does keep the horror. But it is maybe fair to say that it's kind of stepping more into the realms of losing that and moving more into the action world well it's not three yeah, well yeah and unfortunately <laughs> that's that's kind of they, they saw that and thought ah, that's what people want right and then and then three came along which we'll talk about yeah in a bit. which we will we'll, we'll get to, oh we'll get there yeah I, I felt like it was a natural progression from yeah. the story to to get to more i liked the the falling apart of a society yeah which i think you I, get, I get to that. see that and that's uh and there's some set piece moments especially with uh someone's eye oh gosh yeah that are just so memorable that sticks in their head yeah literally (laughs) yeah so i I, that's why i'm i I went to two immediately that's the one that kind of had a bigger uh thing for me what is the matter father
So this is a bit of a, maybe unusual. So uh, I could have gone through the the vast backlog of, of great horror titles from the past, but I'm actually going to choose something that I have literally just completed yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's a newer game, uh, and it's not pure horror, uh, but it is pretty horrific, uh, and that is A Plague Tale Innocence. This is a game that came out, I think now, a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Maybe less than a year and a half sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's been in Game Pass for a few months now. So it is set in 14th century France during the time of the Hundred Years' War and the Inquisition and the Black Death. So it's not in great shape, France, at this time. Well, most of Europe is in pretty bad shape. So there's a lot of elements there that make it pretty horrific. And you play the game as two young children having to kind of navigate all of this stuff. But primarily it's the it's the rats that play the, the horror element into it. You play most of the game navigating through towns, villages, castles, cathedrals, trying to avoid the ravenous hordes of thousands and thousands of rats uh, and using what little light you have to fend them off because they're scared of scared of light and i just i just found it a really great experience uh it's the first few chapters of the game are super super intense uh some of the most tense things i've played in in quite some time actually i wasn't expecting them to kind of be so horrific this was one that's been on my radar and uh i'll definitely have to check that out yeah i just remember this the swarms of rats i think if you have if you have anything any kind of fear of rodents it's not the game to play put it that way i I don't like rats, but I will. I'll give it a shot. They rip people apart. That's what I remember. Also, so you've you've watched a load of horror films, um, mm-hmm. and in general, would you say that children in horror films are some of the better characters, or usually some of the more annoying characters? It depends. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's certain times where like the children characters are great, um, but there's other times where they're bad. It just depends on the movie. Yeah. Like Newt in aliens oh awesome great yeah <laughs> yeah but, uh, but a lot of the times when you've got kids in films like horror films especially you know that they're probably not going to die uh, and they're somehow going to be amazingly uh, evasive or smart or or able to deal with the situations that the adults cannot which is often un- very unrealistic in this game you're playing as young children or at least a, a girl who is a kind of a teenage girl, and then she's escorting her young brother, who's very, very young. And somehow they manage to make them just the right amount of kind of innocent uh, and childlike, uh, and you're seeing things through their eyes, but they're very vulnerable. And actually they, they get the tone just right, I think, where you really, really care about them. And actually it makes you kind of think, oh, crap. These are, these are just kids having to deal with this really, really horrendous situation that they find themselves in. Yeah, I think I will probably try to get that one done here in October. It's very doable within a month as well, uh, especially if it gets announced as leaving. People should definitely jump on that before it leaves Game Pass.
my next one uh, was Resident Evil. There's a lot of Resident Evil games that I would recommend, but I'll keep it to the first one. Uh, I've actually played the majority of the series and beaten them on the various platforms, and I own all of the Resident Evil games, minus three. Yeah, I, I love them. Uh, it is one of my first sort of horror game memories is Resident Evil 1 on the PlayStation. Same. I don't. I won't want to say it's like the game that it, it, it puts survival horror kind of on. It made it a big deal uh, from what I remember. Uh, there were other survival horror games that existed. I'm not going to say that it was the first one, but it was the first like big one. Uh, it, it's kind of like the Street Fighter 2 of survival horror. And the remake, which is the one that's available on the Xbox, is fantastic. And I think in a lot of ways better than the original, which is weird. It looks amazing. The Resident Evil remake came out originally on the GameCube. Uh, and on the Xbox One, it still holds up uh, with the pre-rendered graphics and everything. Still amazing. It's a fun game uh, with a, a lot of puzzle solving. Uh, you don't have enough ammo to take down everything. Um, you play as a team called Stars that is examining a, a weird mansion after a series of, I guess, cannibalistic attacks. There's two different campaigns. There's a Jill and a Chris campaign. And yeah, if you're if you are so inclined, I think every mainline Resident Evil is on Xbox. And Seven, which is almost too scary for me, that's also on Game Pass. Seven is terrifying, uh, but One is the one that. You know, there's a lot of moments in one that are just going to be in my brain forever uh, that I don't want to spoil. In the remake, do they still have the uh, classic live action video uh, introduction with the terrible acting? Unfortunately, no. They also redid the dialogue. So you do not get the Jill Sandwich uh, line. Uh, So in the original PlayStation version, uh, you can engineer a scenario where... Uh, you almost get uh, squished and Barry comes and saves you and says, that was too close. You almost became a Jill sandwich. You also don't get a reference to Jill being the master of unlocking, <laughs> which became such a meme that I believe you'll see it all over the place in achievements and all kinds of stuff being the master of unlocking. It's a It's a pretty huge game. Yeah, it was definitely the one that started it all. I I also remember playing it on the PlayStation, but I never, I don't think I ever finished it. I think Silent Hill was the one that pulled me over to that side and Resident Evil was always kind of something I enjoyed but never quite got to grips with. Uh, I did do two and I've since done uh, five on the 360, but uh, I've kind of skipped around a lot on that series. I have not actually beaten six because I don't like Resident Evil six. I mean, who does? Well, I, I do and I don't. Resident Evil six completely jumps the shark mm. uh, and becomes kind of a farce. It's 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 a bit schizophrenic, isn't it? Because it, it like yeah. takes every different type of game that they tried to make and kind of throws them all together. Yeah, and it becomes a much more actiony sort of game. So the two remake is awesome. I, I need to go back and finish that. That's that's on my list. I haven't done the 3 remake, but I have the OG version of 3 uh, here on my shelf. That's pretty fun. I enjoyed that. 4 is awesome. Uh, 4 is a classic in its own right and completely remixes it, makes it fresh and fun. Code Veronica I need to go back to, but it's backwards compatible. You can play it. 
Uh, five is a little goofy, but fun co-op. Six is ridiculous. And seven is, is pretty spooky, is, is downright terrifying. Seven reinvents itself in the same way that four uh, reinvents Resident Evil. Mm. And they're continuing down that thread with uh, eight, aren't they? So the eight is in the seven style, but then they're also remaking the original ones. So they kind of got two threads going. They remade three. And I think the reason they remade three was that's the only one that wasn't available. So I don't know if they'll ever do four. I think four is perfect as is. Uh, it's a little dated. There's a, some things that are a little weird with four, but I, I four would be another one that I would put on here. I think that's it for the ones we wanted to, to spotlight. But there are others that we were going to put on the list here. Uh, I'll name out some of mine. Uh, Costume Quest, which is the game I would recommend if you wanted to play something with children, like small children, like eight and up. Costume Quest, one for sure, and two is also really good. Alan Wake is awesome. That's on Game Pass. Uh, Alien Isolation hits a lot of the same notes as the movie, the first movie, uh, which is the scary one. Amnesia, the collection, all very terrifying. Uh, and I believe you had some shout outs as well. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of yeah talk broadly that, that a lot of the ones we've mentioned are kind of touching these classic survival horror notes. Uh, but there was a trend in the last, I don't know how long now it's been, maybe maybe seven or eight years, uh, where the, the kind of first person uh, hide, hide and seek horror kind of came out. Uh, like the one you mentioned there, Alien Isolation is one of those. But also there's uh, yeah Amnesia, there's Soma, the uh, game the game uh, game club game that Wacker did a few uh, well a while ago now. Uh, Outlast as well, and its sequel. Uh, and then there's also the blooper games that they've been knocking out for the last few years. So there's Layers of Fear one and two, uh, Observer, which is less horror and more sci-fi, but it's definitely got some some pretty creepy elements. Uh, and also the Blair Witch game, which which follows that kind of same mold. So, as well as the the good ones, there are also a, a fair share of pretty awful horror games on the one, uh, well, on 360 and the one. So I wanted to highlight one in particular, which um, just really, uh, it's Alone in the Dark. Have you played that one? I started it and I never finished it. I have it yeah, for 360. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, it's very very dated. The controls are very, very cumbersome, and and the kind of the it takes the old tank controls of Resident Evil, uh, and it, it it adds a really, really cumbersome inventory system where you literally have to look down to look in your coat to see what inventory you've got, and kind of like it's just really awkward because it's like you're looking down at what's on your belt. Uh, they tried. <laughs> But and it's just really weird and random. It's got some. You drive around New York and it's really bad, really bad driving controls, really bad shooting controls. The story is absolutely nonsensical. Uh, it's just it's quite a poor yeah. That's a poor game. And then there's the um, those first person ones that I mentioned where they kind of did the hide and seek first person kind of uh, gameplay. There's some pretty poor pre- pretenders uh, that exist there. Uh, caretaker being one that I'd say definitely rec- uh, avoid that one. Uh, in fact, it appeared in Gaming Hell recently. It's yeah, Caretaker is so bad. It is, uh, and it's it's not even like it was uh, cheap too. It was no, I think it was like eight bucks. I had to pay for a Caretaker for the privilege of completing Caretaker. It is not a good game. <laughs> yeah, 
I think uh, your toy is also pretty notorious for uh, being, a, a, you know, very very bad. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it features a giant stuffed bear as the as the main uh, creature in that. Yeah, it's it's bad. I don't like that one either. Uh, there's an RNG achievement that I still have never been able to get, uh, and I I had some that I was going to uh, mention to stay away from uh, on the topic of uh, really janky Chinese games. Uh, Reborn Insanity, not good. Completable in under an hour if you're into such things, but it, it is bad. Back in 1995, as a Radalika as trying to hit the same notes as Silent Hill and Resident Evil, but I don't think it does it nearly as well as those games. It's just not not very mm-hmm. good. Horrors of the Deep, another pretender first-person hide-and-seek game, but just not done very well at all. Uh, and then the other one I was going to mention uh, was Dead Space 3, which uh, neither of us like. It's co-op, so there are co-op sections, uh, but I felt like they did the more to excess and they kept relying on the same sort of things for jump scares to the point where it kind of got funny for me so literally anytime you walk by a vent in dead space 3 you're going to get ambushed and once you know that fact it becomes a lot more funny because like oh hey there's a vent over there i bet some necromorphs are gonna come ambush me every single time they basically abandoned the tension and an atmosphere and horror from the first two games and just went well it's basically an action game at this point i will say i will give it credit i like the idea it's on like a frozen planet and i like that kind of idea harkening back to like the thing Mm. uh things being barren and and devoid of life but it's just it's too actiony it's just not as it's not as good uh as other games in the ilk and i i cannot recommend it uh also it started that ea trend where you could like buy materials and and things like that to make the game go quicker you don't need to but it's still just left a bad taste in some people's mouth well bad taste enough that it killed the franchise as well yeah and the studio yeah Mm. yeah i I think they would have been better served just leaving it at at the first two so uh much like a few of the other challenges we've done which are kind of uh, series or genre based uh we've had the lego challenge uh, we've had a fighting challenge from Chesno this month. Uh, well, uh, last September, month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> September. Uh, in October, uh, we'd like people to play scary games. We could just make it easy for ourselves and say horror, survival horror or action horror games, ones that are actually in the genres in TA. But a lot of the games we've talked about here and a lot of other games aren't actually classified as quote-unquote horror games according to their genre they just have horror elements a lot of the walking sims are not horror games so any game that has horrific themes or horror elements can get you points uh, by playing those games points this time are going to be the gamer score but if you play any of the games that we've mentioned in any of the series that we've particularly highlighted so that would be any silent hill games any dead space games Apart from three, not three, (laughs) any Resident Evil games, any Left 4 Dead games or Plague Tale, you will get a 1.666 bonus for any game of score you earn in those games. Uh, Yeah. And if you play any games that we said to avoid, which were Alone in the Dark, Your Toy, Caretaker, Dead Space 3, Horrors of the Deep, Back in 1995 and Reborn Insanity, 
uh, we're going to penalize you for not listening to us, and you get a point five. So they're only worth half. And also, I would like to say, let's just keep this between us, huh? So don't go posting on the Discord all the games lists. We'll just keep it between us, and they have to listen to the segment, huh? Yeah, so we're offering this bonus, obviously, to podcast listeners who listen to the segment. I will be announcing the overall challenge over in the Discord channel, but I will not be mentioning the bonus. And if anyone wants to play any of the games that we've mentioned that include multiplayer, we're thinking particularly, obviously, the Left 4 Dead games, uh, then feel free to hit us up. Um, I definitely, myself, would want to play uh, the Left 4 Dead campaigns with anyone in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Same uh, and share your, exper- share your experiences uh, with horror games and, and just horror in general. If there are any other horror fans out there, we'd love to know. Uh, and maybe we can... Hey, set up a channel. <laughs> let's let's not do that. But yeah, if there's other games too that you think should count as horror, just let us know and we can hash it out in the Discord uh, for that. There's there's tons of games that we didn't even mention that uh, or haven't played yet either too. So, you know, we haven't mm. played everyone. So I know Dead by Daylight is one that I've always wanted to get to. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. Yeah, there's, it's, a, it's a pretty great genre. There's a lot of games in there that... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a fun month of uh, fun and spooky month. Okay, well, with that, uh, it just leaves me to say thank you for joining me, Volker, in this uh, exploration of our own horror experiences and horror games. Uh, and I hope you all enjoy playing some spooky games this month. All right, thanks so much. You have a good one. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it. You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Hello and welcome. I'm Wakapale and hopefully haven't croaked out of the leapfrog competition. Getting one more achievement than the target of the previous day is not easy. And as we are fast approaching 20 achievements per day, I have a recommendation for you. Bucket Knight is a kind of a terrible platformer starring the titular gun-wielding Bucket Knight who is interested in purchasing a house but lacks the funds to do so. Unfortunately, the bank is not interested in helping out unless you find them a holy grail. Whether the grail is a down payment or a one-to-one trade is not entirely clear. Bucket Knight invades the lair of the goblins to steal their money and the grail, murdering anyone who gets in his way. Why would I recommend such a horrible title? Simple, it has a bunch of quick and easy achievements available. 34 out of them to be exact, all of which can easily be obtained in an hour or two without using a guide. The only thing you should keep in mind is that you can dashboard out of the game after purchasing guns to save some in-game cash and time. While the platforming is bad, you won't have to put up with it for very long as it is very easy after figuring out the weird controller mappings. Jumping and shooting uses the wrong buttons, and more than once I accidentally pulled up the store menu, which doesn't freeze the game by the way, and ended up leading to Mr. Knight's demise. Having Y reset the level made very little sense to me until I got stuck in a wall. I leave it up to you if 34 achievements, 1000 game score and 1050 TA in an hour is worth 5 bucks. Achievements aside, Bucket Knight isn't. Have a nice day everyone!